When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, welcome in, everybody. We are back. It is On the Clock on Phillies 24-7 and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Ben Kenny here with you. Spring training has begun. There is baseball on a television. It's not directly in front of my face. That would be great. I wouldn't. I could do the show and watch. This requires somewhat of a neck tilt. It's directly above me almost. Phillies are playing the Blue Jays right now. And, you know, given the severity or the, the lack of severity of the game, the lack of gravity attached to this, it's the sixth inning. In about a half an inning, every good player is going to be on the bench. I didn't think I need to wait until the results to, to, uh, to record this show. And here's what we're doing today. It is the spring training check-in. There's been a game pretty much every day this week, starting last Saturday. Um, a lot of big storylines, a lot of games to discuss, but I, I'm not going to do the, you know, this reliever went one inning and, and that, and that's what the box score is for. You know, you don't need me to tell you that Nick Nelson is not pitching well and might stink. I more want to focus on the bigger storylines from each game and the the takeaways, if any, that are possible. Because it is spring training. Um, remember, it does not matter, except when it's positive, right? A player struggles in spring training. That's eh, fine. They're working on something. A player goes off, and we're all in. As uh, Speaking of going off, actually, as I speak, Christian Pache goes deep to make it a 2-0 game in the top of the sixth. I was um I was on vacation last week. I was out west with some family and friends. And on Saturday afternoon, I go on the MLB.com app, because unfortunately I'm out of market, and I listen to the Phillies game. And the biggest bit there is it's just it's wonderful to be back in the swing of you know, I go on Twitter, Mac Gelb is writing about something relevant, Chris Sanchez's velocity, Bryce Harper at first. 
People are arguing online about Kyle Schwarber and the leadoff hole, right? All of these things that I've grown to love about Philly season and the interaction, really, between all of us as the games go on. It's all just back on a day-to-day basis. So, first and foremost, I'm thrilled. I'm going down to Clearwater next week. I'm going to catch a couple games, play around to golf. It is... Yeah, I, I hate the whole, oh, what, this is the best sports time of year. This is the best. Everybody in, in October, you know, you have World Series baseball, football going on. Everyone's, no, oh, this is the best sports season in the world. This month is the best. Then you get to March and March Madness and baseball starting in the NBA. And people say the same thing. Oh, this is the best sports month. I don't like to do that. But I will say, this time of year makes me happy. Traditionally, living in Wisconsin for a couple of years, this is when you would finally get a glimpse of warmth, like it's possible to kind of go outside. Here, not as much so, even though it's pretty cold today. But even so, it means that spring is here, or almost here, and it means the summer's approaching. And for this Phillies team, I mean, a very, a much anticipated season, and one that it's going to carry more stakes than any season I can remember, probably since 2011. The the goodwill, I would say, this team does not have, given they haven't won yet. And you see another playoff collapse or another big problem happen and they lose in the postseason. Then the patience really wears thin. So, I mean, they're approaching it well at camp, I think. And I know that our uh, midday show on WIP talked about this today. Gilio's big thing was he he loves how the Phillies are just talking about the World Series. They signed Whit Merrifield. All he talks about is the postseason. The mentality of the team is there, which if you're going to be focused all season, like that matters as opposed to just snapping into it. But you're already in spring training and the leaders can just lead and Middleton can say, I want my effing trophy back. And everybody's kind of in this mode of, like, we're, we're going to win. It's a belief. It's an approach, though. Because if you lack that approach, that's when, you know, you're lollygagging around. You're not as, I would say, on task when it comes to improving. So all of that's good. But that's all the peripheral stuff that, I mean, they have to start winning for it to matter. Some of the biggest storylines of the week. And here's what we're going to do. I have some thoughts on each game that I will get to after the bigger storylines. As I mentioned, Pache just went deep. He's one of them we'll, we'll touch on. There is more rumblings, or there are more, excuse me, rumblings about Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell on the free agent market. We'll touch on that um, and, and whether, I mean, it's a literally we have this conversation every single week, but we'll have it again. Are the Phillies going to make another move out there? Um, and, and then there are some, there is a big signing to talk about across baseball, but some other news, some of it relevant to the Phillies and the fan experience and uh, a couple other signings that we'll talk about. So, loaded show today. We'll, we'll get to all that later. I want to start here. The storylines of the week with the Phillies down at spring training. Matt Gelb, as I mentioned, put out a really good article with some of these. But he he let it off. And this is something that if you've listened to this show, you know it's kind of against my thought entering or what I think is best. Matt Gelb dropped in, in his article on The Athletic that it would take something unforeseen for Johan Rojas not to win the starting center field job. Now, that I think comes from a position of a lot more knowledge than me. Clearly, he's there. He talks to people. What I think is right might not be what actually happens. 
Like that that is painted as it's going to happen whether it's right or not. And, and I'm not again, I'm not saying it's wrong. The guy is an incredible defender and is going to help your team at least in July, August, September, October. I would put him in the minors until that spot. But from what Matt Gelb is talking about, there it, it seems as if he is the starting center fielder, which makes an interesting position battle behind him. Because if we know Rojas is entering as the starter, that would mean there is a battle between Jake Cave and Christian Pache. Because Whit Merrifield's locked in, Edmundo Sosa, infielder, locked. Garrett Stubbs, backup catcher, locked. Really battling for one more bench spot. And that is Jake Cave versus Pache. Now, the interesting, I, I, again, I, I don't want to say all of the interesting part of this, but seriously, the big part of that is, who do I think is a better player between Jake Cave and Christian Pache? Or who do I think could turn into one given Pache is young and developing? The answer is Pache. It's not even close. I've seen enough Jake Cave. 30, well, 29 other MLB teams have seen enough Jake Cave. But if you told me Cave or Pache, Cave's the lefty. Cave's the guy who hits right-handed pitching. And he is the veteran that you would think you would bank on that experience a little more. So I would keep Pache out of the two because I would just hope that he turns into something. But as I've discussed, the, there isn't that much of a difference between Johan Rojas and Christian Pache. They're really similar players. Each can uh, outstanding defender and I would say raw at the plate. Pache in spring training is showing a lot more at the plate that I'm not going to say it forces you to keep him, but it forces a, a real discussion. Because if he keeps hitting the way he is, and and excuse me while I try to pull this up, the uh, MLB website isn't great. This is entering today. Entering today. And again, he just homered. So add that to the tally. He's three for seven with two home runs, three RBI, a 429 average, OPS of a million. The guy's tearing the cover off the ball. So he might play so well to force the hand and force that decision. But a K versus Pache decision is a really interesting one. Because, again, if you keep Pache, he is Rojas. They are pretty much the same player. So you lose the flexibility of getting that lefty bat off the bench. That is the consideration there. So And Whit Merrifield, obviously, also a righty. So they have a lot of good lefties. It's not as if they are a only righty team. But if Rojas is a lock, the Cave-Pache competition, I would say, is the one to watch this spring training. So that's, those are a couple of the big things. Another thing is pitching depth. I think one of the best things to come out, and again, I don't mean to read too much into this because they're facing some minor league hitters and everybody's working on things. But one of the bigger things to come out of the first four to five games at least is the Phillies pitching depth out of the bullpen. Orion Kirkering, as we know, going to have a big role. I think he'll be terrific this year. They acquired this guy, Michael Rucker, from the Cubs, who's looked okay. This guy, Michael Mercado, has potential. Connor Brogdon still exists, who was filthy in the postseason in 22. Junior Marte, like he, he had, I think he has good stuff. He has to learn how to utilize it properly. But you can go on and on about these, these arms in the minors that at the very least are going to be able to help the team in July. And this note also from Gelb's article um, from Caleb Cotham, 
Here it is. Or, excuse me, Gelbreitz. The mix is stronger this spring than last. The mix in the bullpen, that is. When Brogdon broke camp in 23 with the Phillies, these were the other righties in the bullpen. Sir Anthony, Kimbrell, Bilotti, and Marte. Now Kimbrell's gone and paid too much money by the Orioles. Bilotti's off the roster, but still in camp. Marte's competing, but then all those guys I just mentioned, um, and you throw in Kirkering, who came out of absolutely nowhere, and it's really exciting depth. It's guys that, again, aren't going to start the year on the team, and, I mean, might not be that great, but it's there are a lot of them. The chances of somebody emerging from that pack grows increasingly high the more you have. Kirkering, Dylan Covey, Spencer Turnbull, Michael Rucker, um, Michael Mercado, and then there is the the Marte, Luis Ortiz, Brogdon. Like a lot of guys that you could see making the team. You could see a case for it. Or at least some potential guys to stash in the minors. So that's an encouraging sign. And as Cotham went on to say, uh, quote, we have a lot of good arms here in camp. That's a good thing. Which guys can handle the one-plus inning appearances? Which guys kind of rise to the top and have gotten better over the offseason? Quote, I'm pretty excited to watch. It's been really good. It's by far the best year of live batting practices since I've been here. So that means a lot. I, I, I think this is the deepest pitching staff the Phillies have had in at least 12 to 13 years since the Roy Halladay Oswald group. The starting rotation is the same. I, well, it's better than last year because Chris Sanchez appears to be a big factor. And the bullpen is deeper. And the bullpen is more talented than it's been. Instead of just two horses at the top and one-trick ponies in Alvarado and Dominguez, now you throw Kirkering at him, Strom, Soto, all of these other righties I'm mentioning. So that is one of the really encouraging signs. And I, speaking of Sanchez, one of the big storylines and a good article on this is that they're trying to add miles an hour and get him throwing faster because they trust him with, with the workload and with the added miles an hour not totally destroying his control. Because last year, apparently, they took they, they shaved off speed to go for control, and the guy pitched really well. And until the postseason in, in Arizona, he was one of the best pitchers on the staff and in total control. And that was a bad start, and it led to disastrous results. But still, this guy, they're looking to add miles an hour to bring it back up and maybe even make the stuff better. So that is a big storyline that has been covered heavily. The, the Chris Sanchez uh, speed. Um, I, I mean, he's a lock for the rotation. They think he's going to have a better year than last year, which is kind of unbelievable given how good he was. So that's that. Um, Zach Wheeler's adding a splitter. I, I'm not a pitching expert, but uh, a guy that good with pitches that good and a fastball that good, I would think adding a pitch like a splitter would only help everything and would only make him more untouchable. So uh, you obviously have to hope it works well and it can be commanded, but um, I, if he adds a splitter, look out. I would I would hope they have him signed before that because that can make him uh, even better than he's been, which is one of the best pitchers of the last five to six years. So there's all that. And then also Mick Abel. We talked about young pitchers to watch and storylines entering the spring. Apparently Mick Abel has looked great. I, we saw him in one game throw a couple scoreless innings. Now, the problem with him, or not the problem, the deal with him is control, as is the case with some of the others 
down in the minors. They have this stuff. Are they able to control it? And uh, Mick Abel did. He looked good. So he's, I mean, listen, I, I feel like a broken record. But when you talk about the season, you can't just go through it with five starting pitchers and seven relievers. There are injuries. You need guys to come up throughout the summer as, you know, arms get tired or you just need extra in the bullpen. I think McCable is going to be, I mean, almost assuredly, somebody who's called up later in the year to help the team. So that's why these starts matter. The confidence matters, getting out major league hitters, the comfort within the locker room uh, next to Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Wheeler, Nola, and all them. So that's cool. Um, all right, let's 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 um, let's do this. The, the games itself. Now, uh, it starts with a 14-13 win over the Blue Jays. I'm starting a bit. I, I like Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff spot. Number one, because I think he's a really good player and it works there and the team wins. And number two, because of how angry it makes a lot of the Boomer fans that just can't understand the concept of getting on base and working pitch counts, that somehow he needs to be fast. When if you put a fast guy up there that doesn't get on base, then that totally defeats the purpose. So I I love Kyle Schwarber hitting leadoff, and I hope it continues all season. But I hope the argument continues all season because it is one of the more fun and engaging bits that I've seen on radio. Like a, a lot of what we see, I, I don't want to say a lot of what we do, but a, a lot of what happens, I'll say, is that, you know, someone has a Jalen Hurts opinion, then it gets really toxic and how you how dare you question the quarterback and no, the coach is a loser and then Embiid's soft. A lot of it's pretty toxic. The Kyle Schwarber thing is not toxic. I think it is the most well-intentioned, true sports debate we have going in our city. So I want it to happen. I, I want him to be in leadoff and for the thing to continue. I am starting a bit, though, where I will be tweeting after every game the updated stats, and, and this will happen during the season, with and without him in the leadoff spot. But I will, I will only tweet it if the stats support him being pushed down about the team being better when he is not in leadoff. I just want to rile up the group, the group of sickos that just, it's like an affront to their life. How dare a guy like this be hitting leadoff on a team? Again, I love it. And I love even more the reaction to it and what it does. Aaron Nola was kind of the same way. These, these haters, just every time the guy gives up two runs, start calling him a bum and a loser. And I mean, Again, ignoring the value he brings. And then totally, when it comes to the playoffs, kind of forgetting it. They're like, yeah, but he sucked in May. It's like, who cares? The guy's a stud. And he deserves the money he gets. So it's those kind of things that I I like the reaction. So, that said, Kyle Schwarber did not lead off in the Phillies 14-13 win over the Blue Jays to start spring trading. So, does that mean move him down? I I don't know. The big thoughts from the game. How, How can you not... Watch Scott Kingery go deep in his first at bat of spring training back with the team in a in a hilarious circumstance where his contract expires, the big contract they gave him, and he is back because he still had another year of club control on his rookie deal that somehow outlasted his massive contract extension. So he's back and he hit a home run. And we are monitoring that because no there will be no more hilarious outcome of spring training than Scott Kingery somehow making the team and supplanting, well, I don't know if there's a spot, but supplanting in Mundo Sosa in theory. But for him to stay relevant, 
he is a great spring training player. I remember him always going off. But I, that happened, like, first at bat of spring training. Bang. And it was a big home run. So there was that. Uh, and then the pitching depth thing. Um, a lot of guys out there against the Blue Jays. Obviously, they were, you know, some of them got shelled. And excuse me as I, um, I have to pull up the box score of this game to not get this wrong. Um, yeah, here it is. So I say pitching depth to mean a lot of the guys that I heralded as good pitching depth got absolutely shelled in this contest. Allard, the guy they got from the Braves, the like long starter who might come up and just like eat innings and give up runs. Three runs through two innings. Nick Nelson, who somehow is still around the team, but again, another long relief start during a doubleheader guy. Four runs in two innings. Nick Nelson has been terrible. We'll get to the stats on him specifically later. Oh my gosh. You talk about a lot of positives and guys that have pitched well. Nick Nelson stinks. So, if you tell me he has to start one game for the team, fine. But he cannot become a relied upon piece of the rotation. Dylan Covey, who I've grown to be okay with, two runs in an inning. Um, Mercado, three runs in two-thirds of an inning. It was an offensive barrage. Um, and, and then a bunch of other guys that don't matter. Bellotti pitched an inning. But, um, yeah, the pitching depth got shelled against the Blue Jays. So then you move forward. A 4-0 win over the Yankees in the second game. Aaron Nola started this one. Oh my God, did Aaron Nola look good. One of the biggest takeaways from spring training so far has been Aaron Nola on the mound against the Yankees. He looked sharp. His stuff looked awesome. He pitched, I mean, he pitched two innings, so it's not as if the guy threw a perfect game. But small sample size, and that's exactly what we grade off of. The biggest part here, and... I go back to what the trend is. The trend is, at the end of August, they figured out something where if he looks at the other pitch clock behind the plate and somehow closes his mechanics and doesn't allow him to fly open on some front side, which allows him to spot all of his pitches better. That is from the ma- that's what the Phillies said. And two innings pitch, three strikeouts, no, no base runners. But if you look at the trend, he's incredible in the postseason. He is now really good in this one start. I really think you look ahead to this year. I think Aaron is going to be the best pitcher on the team. And I don't mean to take this too far, but I would not be surprised if he wins the Cy Young. I mean that. In a, in a kind of weird pitching landscape in the NL, some of the older guys moving on, I don't know. I just, I, I feel it. It's a, it's a correction from last year. And it's because I think there are tangible things that improved like this pitch clock thing. So the first start for him was awesome. That is great news. The McAble thing I mentioned, um, and I wrote this down after the game, like his stuff just looked tight. The the mechanics looked tight. The, the pitches looked tight, which is a good thing. And then the other one is Pache, who we just mentioned, but um, in this game specifically, as I pull it up again, two for two, I believe... Um, Two for two with a homer. The, the guy is smashing the baseball. So he's going to make that decision really tough on Rob Thompson and the front office. So that's that. Then uh, a 3-3 tie against the Twins. I don't like ties in sports, but sometimes um, you live with that. And uh, again, it doesn't matter. David Dahl went deep in this game. Remember, Dahl, they, they kind of signed under the radar. Former Rocky. He was really good when he came up. 
And him and he was part of the Hoffman movement. Like the, the Rockies had all these top prospects and they all just totally flamed out together. Hoffman, Jeff Hoffman's one of them. And David Dahl's another. Um, it's a really weird, like reclamation lefty depth in the outfield project. Kind of similar to what Pache was when they picked him up from Oakland. So he goes deep. I'm I'm monitoring David Dahl. Even if he starts in the minors, I'm monitoring how that guy plays because he's shown it at the major league level. And I'm just trying to get any way to have Jake Cave not play a role on this team. And maybe Dahl's that that guy. Uh, the other one here, Chris Sanchez's Velo, as we mentioned, was was up. Um, trying to pull up his, his exact numbers from the contest. But I again, as is the case with a bunch of other guys so far, yeah, two innings, a hit, a strikeout. Uh, nothing to go crazy about, but I think that was, I, I think it's an encouraging sign. Dylan Covey pitched better in this one. Kirkering gave you one. Mercado struck out the side. So, yeah, the like, I don't mean to go too deep in all the spring training results, but um, I, I will underscore the depth. I will. All right, and uh, the last game that we'll talk about, aside from the one that's, again, still happening, 7-7 tie against the Braves. This was uh, this is the first one they put on television, which is another travesty. Half of these games you can't even watch, which is stupid. Like, can, can we just put spring training baseball on TV and people will watch it? JT goes deep in the first inning. This is, if I'm going to eat crow anywhere this season, JT Romuto is going to be why. Because I am somewhat scared that he's kind of cooked and that he won't bring much offensively. And... He goes deep in the first inning off of A.J. smith Shaver, who is a, a one of the Braves, like, young, good pitchers. It, it's not a nobody. It's not Strider, but it's not a nobody. He goes deep. Alec Bohm goes deep two batters later. And this is just another, like, listen, Bohm will, I know will give you 265 and 20 homers. We're going to talk ourselves into a 40-homer season from Bohm, especially if he puts a couple more like those up. So that's all the the good stuff. You got some real offense going on. And these guys just show up. And maybe this speaks to like the focus and all that stuff. They just show up and they're good instantly. It's like they don't miss a beat. Harper's incredible at first base. He's making great plays. And all these guys at the plate, like Turner's hitting the crap out of the ball. Suddenly they're all just, they just show up and they're good. It's pretty impressive. The other... um. The other bit from the game, and I wanted to expand upon this, Nick Nelson is horrible. He is now through, um, again, I, I should have done this earlier, but you know, why would why would I do that? 2024 stats, spring training, 15 innings. That's not right. No, no, this is right. Two games, excuse me, two games, three innings, six hits, Five runs, a homer, two walks, only one strikeout, an ERA of 15. Last year, he only appeared in two games at the major league level and stunk. Horrible. Oh, no, excuse me. That's, that's last year's um, spring training. This is, what you, this is what you get when you do this live. Last year, he appeared in one game and actually pitched okay. So I stand corrected there. But 2022, he was Joe Girardi's boy before they fired him. Oh, my God, every spot. Let's get Nick Nelson here to give up a grand slam in Colorado. Nick Nelson through the first couple games has been terrible. So so don't expect much from him this season. 
All right, it is on the clock. I'm Ben Kenny. That is a long opening segment. There was a lot of baseball to talk. That'll kind of be the case throughout the spring training before we get to the season. I have some free agent updates I'm going to come back with. Talk about that a bit as well as updates from around Major League Baseball. That is all on the table. Again, I'm Ben Kenny on the clock. Be right back. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, we are back. It is on the clock. Ben, Kenny, Phillies 24-7 and 94 WIP. Uh, Phillies 5, Blue Jays 0. Awesome. Winning games that don't matter. But it's, again, it's just good to see on the bottom right-hand side. It's on MLB Network, so it's the Blue Jays broadcast with Dan Schulman, who's terrific, and the other guy who's kind of annoying, but that's okay. To look at the bottom right-hand corner of, of a television screen and see the baseball scorebook. It's pretty great. So we are um we are fully back. Before we uh but before we do some other spring training stuff though, I wanted to talk about this. Because Cody Bellinger signed re-signed with the Cubs this week. And I'll expand upon the contract a bit later. But it's a shorter term deal with opt-outs and a larger annual value. Because Boris was unable to get him and Montgomery and Snell, these top-of-market Aaron Nola, crazy $300 million figures. Because luckily, I think the MOB teams wisened up to that none of those three guys were worth it. So, I mean, here we are. It's almost March. By the time you listen to this, it's probably March. And still, the two top pitchers, or two of, one of them won the freaking Cy Young last year, is unsigned. Yesterday was the five-year anniversary of Bryce Harper signing with the Phillies. That felt like it took forever. And now we are still here with two of the biggest free agents unsigned and still on the market. So the first guy is Jordan Montgomery. And the question is, is he still an option for the Phillies? 30 starts each of the last three years. We know that. 348 ERA. Extremely durable. A guy that can slide in and be good. He would be a terrific insurance policy. For the top arms on the team. Meaning, if you sign Jordan Montgomery and God forbid Aaron Nola gets hurt or Zach Wheeler gets hurt and they're out for months, you are much better positioned to weather that storm with Jordan Montgomery on your staff. As opposed to not having him, having to rely upon 
someone else, we'll say. I'm not going to bring Nick Nelson into this, but you know where I'm going. So it would be a great insurance policy. The Phillies, if they're still in, which we've we've heard their name said with him pretty much all offseason. It seems as though they're battling the desperate Red Sox, who have done nothing because the owner won't spend any money. But the question becomes, could the Phillies do a two to three year, 90 to $100 million deal with, with this guy with uh, for 30 mil a year? That math didn't add up, but you know what I'm saying. And listen, I would, if you gave me a magic wand, of, of course I'd add him to the rotation. The fact that the years are getting smaller and the money's going up, I think makes it more likely because we heard John Middleton say, or we heard John Clark report John Middleton say to the team that he wants his effing trophy back. And he's already he's and he's already shown an inclination to go and spend a lot of money on top guys. And as I said a month ago, when we're talking about the top free agents, I didn't think the Phillies would go out and do it and give them the big money. But if they fall into their lap, like Nick Castellanos did, then you can't put it past them going out and signing them. So I would not be surprised at all if Montgomery finds some low, low year, high annual value deal, and it's in Philly. The question becomes, who are you battling with for him? And if you're battling with desperation and the Red Sox, if their owner actually offers something, then, you know, you're probably going to lose that. But if the Phils were after Yamamoto and clearly have, they're fine going over all the taxes, if it means improving the team, then... Yeah, go do this. I say that about Montgomery, and I'll say the same thing for Snell, who John Heyman was on his Bleacher Report thing and said this about Blake Snell and where things stand. Today, uh, or a couple days ago with Blake Snell, as I reported in the New York Post, uh, Snell is willing to do one of those Bellinger-type deals, short-term deal with opt-outs. They did talk to the Yankees about this, so I'm sure they're willing to do it with other teams as well. And, you know, I think it does make sense for him, a high AV uh, with opt-outs. The issue for the Yankees with a short-term deal is the high AV means a higher tax. That's really the big issue. But uh, certainly if you give them opt-outs after year one and opt-out after year one and you've given up draft choices uh, to sign him, that is a question as well. So there you go. And with Snell, uh, he mentions the Yankees. The Yankees have... Seeming to be the favorite the whole time. But the thought stands for Snell, too. You give me Montgomery, you give me Snell, and I say two to three years for a lot of money, and they're not strapped to him long term, I'm in. That helps the team. Um, Again, if it's a really good player falling into your lap, you're more inclined to do it. The question becomes, and I've seen this posed, is the addition of Montgomery and the improvement of Montgomery over Taiwan Walker, for instance, or Chris Sanchez, or they go to sixth men, but you know what I'm saying. Is that difference, a guy in Montgomery that's going to give you a 350 ERA, be durable, pitch every fifth day, but not be incredible, is that worth your draft pick moving down significantly, them slashing your international bonus pool, and all those things? That if Is that really that much of an upgrade as opposed to a possible trade at the deadline, which gives you, let's say, a guy that's close to being a star on the mound and then bringing him into the playoffs. That's the question. And I think the answer is yes. I think it would be worth it. 
if you said it was over a long period of time and it kind of hinders what you could do elsewhere, much more inclined to say no. But in this case, I mean, yeah, I, I see that as a somewhat realistic possibility that I would be totally in favor for, in favor of, excuse me. But it's one of those deals that the more days that pass, as I, I've said it for the last month or two months, but the more days that pass without Snell and Montgomery signing, the more likely it is they end up on a team like the Phillies, that they get kind of desperate to just play. Obviously, Phillies can say you can come here and win, and they'll just take the high annual money and know that they can opt out after a year and go retest the market. Um, and, and for the Phillies, it's easy because you get a top-level arm, don't have to pay over that long period of time, and you could go all in and try to win this season, which we've heard them talk about it. It's all in. I think fan base wise, like we're kind of sick of them in the playoffs losing. They can't just make it to the NLCS again and lose. They can't. So that's a move that maybe moves the needle. And, you know, a team could be a Blake Snell away from a World Series. I said nobody's a Whit Merrifield away from one, but for Snell, that could be realistic. So that is the. Updates on the big fish that are still on the market. Destiny Legardo uh, and Phillies Nation made the case for Montgomery. I'm okay. I, I, I'm okay with it. I'm not over head over heels going out there and needing him. Um, I don't want to grade the offseason yet. I keep coming up to this point, grading the offseason, where, you know, they extend NOLA, and then I can name you 15 other moves they made that you might not even have heard of the players. And they signed Whit Merrifield. So they haven't done that much. I'm going to wait on grading the offseason until Snell and Montgomery are off the board. Because while it wouldn't really change my grade, I want to have the entire data set and whole thing to look back on. So we're going to wait on that. Probably next week. Maybe the week after. If they could if Boris could just get his freaking guys to sign contracts. Then we will we'll, we'll revisit my perfect offseason, which, I mean, looks pretty pretty incredible and pretty spot on after going through all of it. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll grade the offseason coming up in a couple weeks. All right, it's on the clock. I'm Ben Kenny. We will we'll step away. There's some big MLB moves to talk about, as well as I was watching something the other day that it just brought me into this take and this thought in regards to baseball and a couple of their stars. We'll get to all of that coming up. Again, I'm Ben Kenny. It's on the clock. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? 
Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files to the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right. We are back. Ben Kenny. It is on the clock. Phillies 24-7, 94-WIP. All those that have been listening throughout the offseason, we thank you. We've seen the numbers. Very grateful for everyone's support throughout the offseason as interest never really waned. Like, you expect there to be somewhat of a wave once the season actually begins and games are played. But there wasn't that much of a, a wave off as the offseason continued. So the listenership has been really good. We thank you for all of that. Um, this stuff doesn't happen without... The fans out there caring about the team being good. And I kind of parlay that thought seriously into yesterday was the five-year anniversary of Harper signing. And the only reason that the team is relevant today is because Bryce Harper chose Philadelphia. And that, that might be a little bit of hyperbole. But without Harper, there's probably... Well, wait, when did they trade for JT? That was 18. But JT might not have been retained. There's no Trey Turner. There isn't really this, I mean, the Schwarber, Castellanos. There isn't a winning culture. The guys that want to come here to win wouldn't want to come here because they wouldn't be winning here if it wasn't for him. So I always reflect upon, first of all, where where I was when he was signed. I was in class in college, stood up, like ran outside, didn't even tell anyone where I was going. And then reflecting on what actually the last five, six years have, have been. And, and that has been, his impact has been profound. So that I wanted to acknowledge. Um, again, so subscribe to the Phillies 24-7 channel. All the stuff we have going on here. Definitely keeping up as the season uh, gets underway. And we move into it. So you can reach us that way. You can follow me on Twitter again at Ben Z. Kenny. And uh, the DMs are always open there. So... All right, um, let's hit some MLB moves quickly. Cody Bellinger to the Cubs, three years, $80 million, I mentioned it. Teams weren't sold on last year and his return to being really good, which I totally agree with. Paying this guy the top money of other free agents that you've seen the track record for years before, like Freddie Freeman, like the best first baseman I've, I've seen of this generation. Cody Bellinger doesn't deserve that money. Because, yeah, he came back and he had a resurgent year, but there also is recent history of him sucking. So the Cubs bring him back. He's comfortable there. It makes sense for everybody. But, again, it's the low year, three years, $80 million. I think think he is the domino for the rest of the Boris guys to sign because none of them are getting the stupid money. Teams have wisened up, and they're not getting desperate to sign Blake Snell to pitch five innings every fifth day, walk a billion people. They're not going to give 300 mil to that guy. They're asking for insane, 
quantities of money. So credit to teams. And I mean, good for the Cubs. They had done nothing except pull that snake Craig Council from Milwaukee and reset the manager market. Their team hadn't gotten better this offseason. So credit to them for at least bringing back Bellinger to do something. They'll be solid. They might win the division. I would still pick Milwaukee. But they're not they're not a contender. And it like they're the Chicago Cubs. I, I know that traditionally they're the biggest losers ever. But they are like a they're a big market. They have their own television network. The attendance is great. They should be they should be putting more into their team. Um, but getting Bellinger is good news. I think it's good for the sport. The Dodgers traded Manny Margo to the Twins, the former Ray, who, like a classic dude that I watched him on the Rays, I was like, oh my God, this guy is a stud. Now, I, I would be an idiot if I looked him up as I am right now and that he wasn't a Ray, but I swear he was. I Like a Ray Padre twin, I believe. Yeah, came up as a Padre, was super okay, and then had one, two, three, four seasons in Tampa, all really solid. You know, 260, 270, good defense. He's an average hitter. Maybe I've overrated him a bit, but I remember him being kind of good. He got traded uh, to the Twins from the Dodgers. I didn't even know who's on the Dodgers. But the the punch the punchline is the Dodgers then re-signed Kike Hernandez or Enrique Hernandez from the Red Sox, who just seems like him, Chris Taylor, Justin Turner, these Dodgers that aren't the big stars. Because that team just goes nuts. You know, Freeman and Betts and Otani and all. Back in the day, Adrian Gonzalez. They go after all these guys. And the most dependable Dodgers are always like freaking Chris Taylor and Kike Hernandez and their catcher, Will Smith, who come out of nowhere and are super normal-looking players and then are really good. So he might not be that good now. But I see that name going back. It's like the magical. It's like when the Rays acquire pitchers. When the Dodgers acquire average utility people, for some reason, it just works way too well. So maybe he's a big bench piece for them. I don't know. But speaking of the Dodgers, and I'll touch on this now. Yeah, let's do this. Speaking of the Dodgers, I was surfing Twitter yesterday, and not only do I see Otani highlights of him homering, that doesn't surprise me. I kind of know what I'm getting with him. There is no player in baseball that interests me more this season than Yoshi Yamamoto, the Dodgers starter that they paid a billion dollars to, hyperbole, like 320 for a lot of years. He's 25. We talked about him in the offseason. Yamamoto is one of the more interesting test cases of Like, if he turns into a stud and he's dangerous and that's the NL Cy Young, then we might all be a little more screwed than we thought. Because this is the one year Otani's not pitching. But then they signed a guy that's even better than him on the mound. And instantly, at 25, there's there's no acclimation period. Instantly, he is just an absolute stud. I want to watch him because I'm fascinated. Like, he is, he looks like an electric pitcher. He was. I mean, he looked, I thought, really good in the spring training start. But also, like, I know what the Braves are, and I know the Phillies can beat them, no matter who they have, no matter if Strider's pitching or not. The Phillies can beat the Braves. I I would argue they, they kind of will and should. The Dodgers, last year, 
you know, were pitching deficient. That's why they lost to the Diamondbacks. But if Yamamoto and Glasnow are somehow this great one-two, I do start to get a little scared about the Phillies in the NL. For once, I get kind of scared of the Dodgers. And I know, oh, wait, Phil's beat them. Oh, nine, Phil's beat them. Now the Phil's on the Braves. There's this thing where the Phillies always lose to the the Giants and, you know, the, the Diamondbacks and the Cardinals and the nobodies that shouldn't be there. But they beat the powerhouse. So that's good. But th- this Yamamoto bit's fascinating. And I also, it brought me to think. I was working last night with Tom Kelly and Broads, and the Clippers and Lakers are playing on ESPN. And LeBron, and I'll get to the, this makes sense, trust me. They're da- The Lakers are down like 20, going into the fourth quarter. And LeBron just totally puts the team on his back. Goes crazy. Outscores the Clippers like 19-16 to 16 by himself. And the Lakers come back and win. And I hadn't watched LeBron in a while because he plays on the West Coast. But I remember that he is he is the guy that brings me to watch NBA basketball. Him and Steph bring me to watch the NBA. Nobody else really can, except for the Sixers. Nobody else is going to make me watch some neutral game between two other teams. Yamamoto and Otani are going to be the duo. It used to be Trout. Back in college, I would stay up to watch Mike Trout hit the baseball sometimes. Yamamoto and Otani are the duo that will get me to do that for baseball. Where I, I, I might just stay up on a Tuesday night and be like, screw it. The Dodgers are playing. I want to watch Yamamoto start. That's the kind of gravitas that the Dodgers have brought in when they signed those guys. So obviously the monetary investment is going to make sense, but I'm going to overreact to one start and they scare me. Or they're going to scare me when the season goes on. Just prepare for me to... I mean, the Phillies never had a chance for Yamamoto. But I might I, I might write an early eulogy for the rest of us if, if this kid is that good. So that's something we're going to monitor. The other final uh, free agent note, Tim Anderson. One year, five mil to the Marlins. This guy, this guy's crazy. Um, I, I didn't realize the drop-off was as stark as it was. Listen to this. 2019 on the White Sox, 123 games, so, you know, 518 plate appearances. He had 335 with an OPS of 865, batting champion. 2020 on the White Sox, 322, 886 OPS, 49 of the 60 games, but this guy was a hitting machine. 2021, 309, 2022, 301, like, he was really good. 20 homers in 18, 18 and 19, you know, 10 to 15 homers for the rest of his career. He's not some crazy power guy. 2023, he hit 245 with an OPS of 582. He absolutely stunk, hit one home run, and forgot how to hit. It is remarkable how far this guy fell after being one of the more dynamic shortstops and hitters in baseball. So then... Um, the Marlins sign him. And I don't know. Sorry, I think that I think that's kind of going to work. I do. That's like a weird, you get him out of Chicago and suddenly it works again. So that, what it leaves is Matt Chapman, Snell Montgomery, and J.D. Martinez as the big names left on the free agent market. That, again, we will continue to monitor um, as we have all offseason. All right, it's on the clock. Ben Kenny, we step away. One last note. The Phillies announced something today and people are angry. We'll tell you what that is coming up. 
As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. Tacovas is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So, what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. It is on the clock. Um, closing it out, and maybe I should have given this more time. I'm sure it, it warrants more time. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. But the Philadelphia Phillies are ending Dollar Dog Night after 27 years. Um, cue the sad violin music in the background. Instead, they will have buy one, get one nights where you, as it sounds like, you buy one hot dog, you get another. This is uh, a travesty. It's a joke. I think there was some um, people were sad about the Phillies fans allegedly maybe throwing them around and some some bad behavior from some bad people. But yet again, it's some idiots ruining what something great is for the rest of us. So we'll expand upon that next week. But it's spring training. I, I wanted to focus on the baseball at least for this episode. Um, Phillies still up 5 nothing in the ninth. Looking ahead of me. So... That's all good. We will uh, we'll chat next week. I'm sure there's a lot more baseball to discuss. As always, we thank you for listening. Um, talk to you next week. See ya. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.